The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special installment of Barron's Live. It's Alyssa Quorum here. I'm the multimedia content editor at Investors Business Daily, joined today by our deputy markets editor, David Saito Chung. Dave, it's the first time with you doing Barron's Live with me. I'm excited for a, a great segment today. Thanks for uh, joining me. Oh, Allie, I'm twice as excited. This is <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to end the, the week uh, to be a guest on this show. So thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks to the Barons team. So on the list today for us to tackle, we want to talk about why you shouldn't get stuck on leaders of the past. And not only that, how you can spot emerging market leadership and preparing your watch list for the next uptrend. So a very timely topic, Dave, and let's get right into it. So first, we saw a lot of fantastic stock moves in 2020 and 2021. I'm sure many people can instantly recall, you know, some of those just eye-popping gains from uh, certain stocks. But just because a company did well in the past doesn't mean that that stock performance is going to continue. So true. Uh, I joined IBD in 1999, so I've had about 22, 23 years of. Uh, actual uh, portfolio and uh, active trading experience and investing experience. And one of the biggest lessons we learn is one, all stocks are eventually going to peak and make a major correction. And the, the interesting research that we found is on average, once a true market leader has topped, the average decline from their peak is 72%. So people who bought a stock and uh, they bought too late and they don't uh, learn to shift gears and look for new winners or raise cash, uh, they could be si- sitting on big losses or they could see mm-hmm. their whole gains evaporate. So uh, the importance of having sell rules, importance of understanding that the market shifts and moves from sector to sector uh, is, is critical for, for long-term success. Right. And we use sell signals to get us out of those stocks. That's something that Chris and I, uh, a couple months back, we talked about on Barron's Live using that 10-week line as a yes. sell signal. And let's take a look at some examples here. So if for those watching live, and we will also describe for those watching the audio recording of this on a later date. So let's take a look at Zoom here, ticker ZM, of course, one of the post-pandemic rally darlings, just an outstanding move. But this stock, amazingly, Dave, has mm-hmm. now round-tripped this entire move. I mean, so many of those high-flying stocks have been in bear market territory. So this is a great example of why you don't want to just continue holding because it came all the way back down to that breakout right after the pandemic rally started. You know, Ali, no one would disagree that Zoom was perhaps the poster child of the 2020 rally after coronavirus bear market ended. And what I what I like everyone to take away from this chart is the fact that after it broke out, even a, a few days before we spotted a new uptrend 
uh, at Investors Business Daily back in late March to early April 2020. This stock, after it broke out, had a five-fold move in less than a year, and that's abnormal. It's unusual. It's great for those who bought it and eventually profited from the stock. But normally, when you look at past big winners in the 70s, 80s, even 90s, it took two or three years or more for those stocks to go up 400%. So this was an extreme example of a leader that uh, made a lot of money for people, but also really crystallized the importance of having sell rules to get out near the top as close as you can. That's exactly right. I mean, there are so many examples of this. We also have Peloton, another one kind of in the same time frame. Yes. Um, but even uh, Netflix, maybe a little bit more recently, and mm -hmm. Square. So we can also just take a look at Netflix, too, really plunging in recent weeks. And this is, I think, an example of a such a well-established company and not just a, a short-lived move like Zoom, but if we take a look at the monthly chart, just years and years and years of uh, strong outperformance uh, with with some chop, you know, it wasn't just a, a smooth ride uh, for investors those years. But if you see a big decline uh, on a monthly basis, like we saw for Netflix of 30% uh, right. at, at the start of the year, that seems like a, a pretty big signal to get out, not to add more shares on a discount. Totally true. I'm really glad that you're looking at this, that we're all looking at this monthly chart because one, it shows the real start of the move came well before coronavirus affected our entire world. It, it came as the company innovated entertainment. Bill O'Neill, who founded Investors Business Daily, uh, has a wise saying, in every bull market, there's always at least one entertainment stock that's going to lead the way. And that was for, for sure Netflix. And I, I remember writing about this, presenting Netflix during its breakout and the chart analysis going back to 2011, 2012, and then 2014, 2016. It goes to show that if you don't use charts, you might not be aware of the fact that it could be very, very late in a run. And the current numbers in terms of sales and growth and position within industry might still look great. But as Chris Kessel, who was on the show before, had noted, everything looks great at the top. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I feel like many investors uh, this year, especially, there was a, a rude awakening by just the seismic shift that we noticed in the stocks that took up that leadership mantle. What do you say about that? Wow. I mean, it seismic is is the right word. <laughs> and it once again, I'd like to reiterate, re reiterate the point, Teladoc, Peloton, Twilio, those ticker symbols, PTON and TWLO, even Block, you know, SQ Square. Uh, if you really closely look at those companies on not an intraday chart or a daily chart, but a weekly and a monthly chart, you really come to uh, appreciate uh, what kind of market we had fueled in large part by huge quantitative easing by the Federal Reserve perhaps maybe not once in our lifetime kind of opportunities, but once in a long generation type. And so the, the importance of understanding that, that sector rotation and the fact that a lot of great stocks will rise, in a, like rise on an escalator on the way up and then fall like an elevator on the way down is one of the best lessons I think a lot of people got, especially if they're brand new to the market in the past couple of years. So 
we really uh, espouse the importance of knowing and executing your sell rules mm -hmm. as much as your buy rules. It's, all, it's often commonly said that it's, it's much more difficult to sell a stock than to buy a stock. It is. And I think before we move on to spotting that sector rotation as it's unfolding, let's just take a moment here to talk about that investor psychology. It can be very tough to sell, especially when you did write up a, a big gain. So how do you tackle that aspect of it, Dave? Well, I'm an active investor. Uh, I do some short-term trading. I don't do day trading unless I know that the stock is not working You know, when I'm anticipating a big move. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the, the stocks that I, that I uh, invest in personally, in my own personal account, are going to be at least 20%, 25% up after I bought it. And I'm cutting losses in general 7 to 8%. That's a 3 to 1 win-loss ratio. In truth, I'm actually looking for stocks that are going up 50, 100, 1,000%. That's really my, my own personal uh, holy grail. But I do want to mention that every morning... After I get up almost every morning, I actually look at this little chart that I got from a, a wise person who identified every single emotion that can hit uh, investors, greed, fear, despair, hope. And you are in the middle of this circle. And on the one side, you've got greed. On the opposite side of that emotion is satisfaction. It's very important to feel satisfied with the gains that you've got, especially if the market suddenly shifts gears and the sands go, you know, shifts, shifts under you. So it's very important to have rules that allow you to be satisfied and not get too greedy. So one of the signature rules at IBD is to take at least some profits when you're up 20, 25, 30%. Then, as we like to say, let the rest be house money. Uh, if the stock then behaves differently and starts heading back to your buy point, well, you can obviously uh, close out the position uh, and prevent a round trip. And you've got those other gains already that uh, you've, you've pocketed. Only in a few times in your career as an investor, you're going to find that stock that goes up 100-fold, mm -hmm. 50-fold, 20-fold. Those are the rare times where, you know, through experience and through a lot of uh, perhaps some research, conviction, patience, that you're going to get that big pull. But in most cases, you have to make sure that you control your greed. And so I always look at that psychology chart uh, and I look at greed on one side and then I look at satisfaction mm -hmm. and I think about, am I satisfied or am I getting too greedy? Mm. That's a great point there, Dave. And I think even just taking a step back in something as basic as focus on buying stocks in uptrends and selling stocks in downtrends mm -hmm. or and not buying stocks in downtrends is something that's helpful because I think it's not only um, investors who have round tripped big gains, but in this current correction environment that we have seen, a lot of investors are thinking, oh, you know, these stocks are on the cheap. They've done well in the past. Now they've taken a big haircut. So sure. now's the time for me to get into it. But you really want to be focusing on that new leadership because those who didn't at the beginning of the year with the cyclicals and the industrial names, they uh, have gotten left in the dust, really. So well put. You know, when, when I joined IBD in 1999, we were in the thick of the dot-com bubble. We had a lot of lawyers, a lot of dentists, 
a lot of radiologists, a lot of successful business people feeling very confident and maybe even to the point of hubris in buying their stocks and then buying them on the way down like Nortel Networks or any other uh, top tech stock that peaked in late 1999, early 2000, bought on the way down, mortgaged their house, bought more shares, and eventually went bankrupt. And we just don't want anyone who is an active investor to ever fall in that trap of letting hope rule your portfolio. So here again, in terms of managing your emotions, uh, you might see on a chart, Ali, that the stock has just dived 25% and you think, gosh, what a bargain, right? But every stock can go to zero, which would make that 25 dis uh, discount, that percent discount uh, very, very costly. So on the other mm -hmm. side of hope is the much better emotion of reality or realism. Make sure that, you know, when you buy any stock, you know that every stock is risky and you expect the stock to be making money. If it's not, now you're hoping that the stock will come back to allow you to break even. That doesn't always happen. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's not a trap that we want to be in. Okay, so now that we know what not to do, let's focus on what we should do and how we do spot and uncover that emerging market leadership. Let's let's do that. Yes. Uh, so, well, the the one thing is to have a regular routine. We love to screen for stocks that have strength and fundamentals in their technical action. Just just a fancy term for how well how well is the stock price uh, mm -hmm. uh, holding up, uh, especially amid a correction like what we have right now. And uh, is the stock getting under uh, getting accumulated by institutions? Very easy to see that with a with a good chart. If it's going up and you see the volume bars on those up days being bigger than the recent down days, or they're well above our 50 day average line that we actually draw on the volume chart, then you're spotting a, a stock that actually uh, might become a big winner. Uh, second, second is also be aware of the market cycle. Mm -hmm. You're definitely going to do better in the market if you focus on times when we are in a confirmed uptrend. And every major bull market since 1900 featured the same exact kind of signal in which greed, a good kind of greed from the institutional crowd, came over to overpower the fear uh, you know, caused by sellers. So one, screen stocks, two, make sure you know, the market is now in the, in the, in the beginning innings uh, of a nice strong rally, identify the, the leading industry groups and sectors, and then use charts to pinpoint uh, your price in which uh, the reward risk ratio favors you. Yeah, I really like your point about having that consistent routine uh, because it's that regular screening that mm -hmm. helps you uncover these trends and and spot that rotation. If you're looking at industry group charts, you can see, okay, is this it has this group topped or is this a group an, an up and coming group? Is it increasing in the rankings and that's something that we definitely like to see and like to take note of is it, is it staying in the top uh rankings of the industry groups but you know whether it's the top 10 25 or even 50 groups am yes. i seeing setups on an individual basis as well some some of those things are also helpful before you dive in to the individual chart level 
let's start with uh, one thing we both were talking about, uh, which is this, the strength of a stock. And we have a relative strength, an RS rating from one to 99. Uh, so easy to use that, you know, uh, your, your grandkids or your children could use it. Uh, and basically focus on those with an 80 or 90 RS rating. And because of the constant innovation that we've done with MarketSmith, uh, now we also calculate and display the three-month relative strength rating, the six-month relative strength rating, because we notice that, you know, our, you know, 30-year-plus 12-month RS rating can be kind of a laggard when the stock is finally starting to, you know, come out of uh, the doldrums and break out. The RS rating might be a little bit too low. It might be below 80, but now we have those tools that help you identify this sudden change in character. So that's that's one place where uh, we we screen. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't we don't use our opinions, but we use the facts presented by the market. Look for those stocks that are already so showing strength, and then ready to uh, rip to <laughs> highs, shall we say? Uh, exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. Because the, because the market has now shifted. Remember, mm -hmm. you know, three out of every four stocks, maybe five out of every six stocks, follow the general trend of the market, mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's for the upside and the downside. I was shocked you know, everyone, when I did post analysis of the great financial crisis, 2008 to 2009, that bear market flattened the S&P 500 nearly 50%, the NASDAQ similar. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that, you know, utility stocks, they didn't hold up. They were down even more. Uh, if you look at XLU or look at your favorite utility, they got hammered too. So, we want to, first of all, respect the market. The market is always right. And then from there, we look for that, you know, those pockets of leadership. Yeah, which I think has made the current market environment so tricky. It's almost been like a tale of two markets. We have this correction and we have growth stocks that have been in uh, bear market territory for over, a, you know, a year at this point from the top, mm -hmm. uh, a big, big decline uh, by and large for many, many growth stocks. So it's it's been a good stock pickers market uh, with the backdrop of this correction. And all this theoretical stuff about screening and relative strength line is great, but let's now put it in a practical sense and talk about what we did see at the beginning of the year, Dave. And so uh, let's take a look at XLE. This is the Select Sector Spider ETF tracking the energy sector. Mm -hmm. And right at the very beginning of the year, we saw an entry into this group. So a signal of rotation into energy stocks. And I mean, this has been, you know, the number one theme this year. So we were able to uncover this emerging leadership right as the year kicked off. So can you talk a little bit about how we were able to do that? Well, absolutely. One is we're, we're always filtering the news and giving us a clue as to where the big money might be flowing. You see that XLE is basically a collection of various oil and gas exploration companies. Uh, so it might move a little more slowly than some of the real hot rods in the in the sector. But you notice that when the stock traded between 58-ish to 51, that was a pretty uh, shallow decline after a nice run-up prior to that. So we had, a, you know, a move from the lows, yeah, 44, 45, 46, up to 56, 58. Yeah, that, that that's a pretty nice move. We That meets our general criteria of looking for a prior uptrend of 30% or more before the stock goes and takes a break. We call that a base in a chart. And then breaks out of that base, meaning 
it gets through all of the overhead supply of those who who might have bought at higher prices and are waiting to sell the break even and just they're exhausted holding the stock while it was a losing stock or ETF, but then move on heavy volume following that nice volume dry up in late December. Uh, this is such a great example too, because I've noticed that in many years, the best stocks or the best sectors often get going right on the first week of the year. And that was the case here. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like crude oil was at 40 and January 1st, and then now we're at, mm -hmm. you know, 100, 110 or whatnot. Crude oil was already strong, right? Crude oil was already making a, a move prior to this breakout here. So in, in this situation with a flat base, flat base meaning just sideways movement after a nice uptrend, no more than a 10 to 15% decline from high to low. We use intraday high, intraday low prices. We simply tack on 10 cents above the highest price in the flat base. Or if the base is long enough, we'll draw a trend line across the declining tops and identify uh, a, you know, a slightly lower uh, price that you could consider getting in. I use both. I use the, the standard breakout lines, mm -hmm. uh, the prices, and I also use the trend line breakouts depending on my level of conviction and my feel for the market. Now you can see that in this chart, it really kind of never looked back, uh, Ali. Just one test of that green moving average, which is a 21-day exponential. Uh, our, our good friend, uh, Mike, Mike Webster, who uh, was a, a longtime money manager for, for William O'Neill's uh, in-house mm -hmm. money management firm, uh, came up with the, the concept of looking at the 21-day exponential as a sign of whether a stock after the breakout is healthy or not. And you can see, uh, as you pointed out, there are two healthy tests of the 21-day en route to now a 33% gain in the in the ETF. Yeah, and you know we don't have a crystal ball to know how much uh, more room this theme has to run. But the earlier that you can get into something like this, I, I think once it became a little bit more obvious, mm -hmm. then it became harder uh, to to pick the leaders, or even if you wanted to get into XLE to um, be able to withstand those shakeouts. That uh, would have been more tricky. But the earlier that you could get into that theme, the easier it would be to handle some of those wiggles on this way up. Absolutely. Uh, you know, oil by itself is, is such a volatile commodity. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, I wish I had as much success uh, in the oil and gas stocks as those who bought XLE right right at that breakout. Yeah. But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you make such a good point being uh, really good with your timing uh, to, I, I would also uh, say, you know, being, being disciplined, you know, don't chase a stock just because, oh, you've seen such uh, patterns in the past. No pattern is guaranteed to work, and you you have to uh, be flexible uh, in that way. Uh, if if the breakout doesn't work, well, we have a very simple solution: just um, cut it loose, save your capital, live to fight another day, hang your ego at the door, uh, and you'll you'll be in this game a long time. Especially you know if you're if you're new to this. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know that XLE uh, is a great example. Now people are wondering, well, could you could you take some profits? Absolutely, take take a, a little bit of gain. But at the same time, keep in mind that this this move in the market yeah. right now isn't likely to end tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. This is this is a theme <laughs> we uh, could see continuing. Maybe maybe we are in year one of an 
of an 18 month move. That's something that we've talked about uh, before yeah. the, the potential of in uh, on IBD live, but you still don't want to chase as you mentioned. Now, uh, something else that I want to talk about is this isn't the only theme that we've seen this year. And it's mm -hmm. not only charts that can help you identify these themes. They're critical. Don't get me wrong. They're critical to what we do. But also, if you take a look at the macro backdrop, what's going on with interest rates, that can be one tip to helping you uncover leading groups too. I think so. I, I think the, the bank stocks were a great example of how they led while the techs took a long break in 2021, because it was clear that interest rates are going to be rising. Uh, and now we're going to see the fruition of that next Wednesday. The Fed, uh, the CME, Fed, Fed funds futures markets already predicting a 25 basis point uh, rate hike. But keep in mind, the market already has discounted that. The market always looks six to 12 months in advance. So that's why you had companies like GS and JPM and WFC and uh, uh, even related ETFs like KRE make nice moves in 2021. This year, why aren't they doing as well? Well, we've got war, we've got global recession risk, we've got the possibility that the Fed might not be able to normalize monetary policy as quickly as they wanted. And uh, we, we also have uh, the fact that, you know, we have inflation, uh, major mm -hmm. inflation. That, that also hurts uh, lending. Exactly. So uh, just some macro themes to keep in mind that can help you uncover what those what those leading groups are as well. And now let's tackle uh, for a little bit before we get to some viewer questions, mm -hmm. how to get our watch list ready for the next uptrend. This is something that we we've talked about a little bit sprinkled in throughout, but we want to be focusing on where the strength is, looking at those relative strength lines, looking at stocks and uptrends, looking for uh, the leading groups and the leaders within the group. So can you talk about that? Uh, yes, I would say first, well, we, we have a, a product called Leaderboard that uh, currently has free access week through the 13th, and that's one immediate way to get your watch list uh, uh, up to speed because uh, a team of us uh, actually curate the list in terms of those that we think uh, have the potential to make market beating gains. Uh, and for a long time since its inception back in 2011, many years, we've doubled the return on the S&P 500. That product also has the IBD 50, which is computer generated and currently shows a lot of stocks in the industrial and energy metals areas, but it also moves, it shifts like the wind. Uh, and just two years ago, it was almost all semiconductors and internet software, some retail, this consumer discretionary in there, the IBD 50 and the big cap 20, the big cap 20 is our weekly list that actually I designed 20 years ago, or not 20 years ago, almost, almost 20 years ago, it feels like it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Big Cap 20 currently also features a lot of those oil and gas plays that have done well. Any company that has a market value north of 15 billion, strong fundamentals, excellent relative strength, uh, that will make the list. Uh, we also have um, our stock research tables that identify first off, which sectors should you be leading, uh, should, be, should be leaning into. And right now it's agriculture, energy, metals, and uh, you know some utilities as well, actually, right now. But that will shift as well. So uh, those are those are some things 
uh, I like to do, uh, as well as just listen to other uh, accomplished investors and traders, whether it's through, through IBD Live or uh, just recently, I, you know, I enjoyed Jack Howe's uh, podcast on Barron's Next. And uh, he's a, a very good senior markets writer for Barron's. And he had a great interview with the CEO of Devon Energy and why the outlook for crude oil prices could stay strong due to inflation, um, the, the capital requirements, the investor expectations on oil and gas companies. Uh, the more I soak in those kind of like insights from, uh, you know, interviews by people like Jack on on CEOs of leading companies, uh, the more I uh, usually can create a, a really winning thesis for for long term gains. Yeah, that's so true. And let's go ahead and take a look at DVN, shall we? Yeah. Uh, it seems like for the next entry for this stock, it has pulled back around the 50-day or 10-week line several times. So me personally, with the move that it has made, I would like to, at the very least, see another pullback to the 50-day, if not a full-on base structure. But with the group just off to the races like it has <laughs> been, I mean, yeah, trying to trying to find an optimal entry point here uh, can be a little tricky, but there's no sure. doubt that DBN is one of the leaders in this area. It is. And this is a large cap, $39 billion. Uh, We have uh, even bigger companies out there. Look at Chevron CVX. Uh, this was another surprising winner, helping to, helping to move the XLE because you can yes. see it broke out, you know, past resistance around 119, 120. Uh, and, and that was after a nice test of that 50 day alley, you know, near 110, just a, a few weeks before January 4th. So, uh, you know, this one clearly is uh, way extended from any IBD style uh, buy point. But I, I would I would definitely uh, keep an eye on it for a future pullback uh, to the 10 week line. Uh, you know, I unfortunately don't have any current examples of some energy names uh, to look at. Now. Let me let me think here. Uh, one that's on leaderboard, LNG, is Sh uh, Chenier Energy, a expert in uh, liquefied natural gas. Uh, and this one is on leaderboard. You notice that it briefly hit that 20 to 25% profit zone after a breakout past 113.50. Uh, one uh, little shakeout after that breakout, uh, but it held at that 50 day. So one could have afforded to be patient especially if mm -hmm. you're looking at a weekly chart, it actually uh, finished pretty strong on a weekly chart. Now we are in position to watch for either a bounce off that 21 day exponential or a bounce off that 10 week line. And that could offer you a secondary buy point. One thing we didn't mention Ali too, during this, this mm -hmm. uh, episode is that look at that blue line. That's just, just going up at like, kind of like a one o'clock angle on a, on a clock on a wall. That is the relative strength line, which gauges how well the stock is doing versus the S&P 500, on MarketSmith, you could actually customize that uh, benchmark to the NASDAQ 100 or mm -hmm. any other, the Russell 2000 or uh, other indexes if you like, but we like to use the S&P 500, nice, broadly diversified index. You can see that thing is rising so fast, meaning that LNG uh, is clearly outperforming a market beating stock. So uh, as long as that RSI continues to keep that strong uptrend, maybe you'll feel more courage and confidence uh, to buy it on the next pullback to the 10-week line. Maybe this LNG story is going to be a multi-year story now that Germany and the rest of Europe 
have to deal with, uh, you know, a, a belligerent Russia, uh, which supplies so much natural gas. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dave. So I think just to sum it up, before we get to some viewer questions, we sure. don't want to be focused on the leaders of the past. We want to be focused on uh, outperformance. That's the whole reason why we're picking stocks in the first place, right? We want to yeah. outperform. So make sure you're not holding on to those uh, leaders of the past or trying to buy them after they've come off so far from their highs. We want to be focusing on stocks in leading industry groups. So look at those industry group rankings that are in uptrends, and setting up in proper chart patterns. We don't want to chase stocks that are extended, but by utilizing charts, we can pinpoint proper entries for stocks in leading groups as they are starting to run. Yes. And, you know, whatever chart you use as a trader or in individual, uh, be, be aware of the average volume for that stock or ETF over the past 50 days. That's our standard. I know other charts use 20 days or 10 days. Uh, we prefer 50 days because then when you see a spike, 100%, 200%, 400% above that 50-day average for the volume, share volume, then you know that maybe a change in character is afoot. And maybe mm -hmm. it is time to be locking in gains. Maybe it's time to be buying a stock. Exactly. Yes. We uh, love looking at that volume. Mm -hmm. So a great tip there. Okay. So now let's go to some questions from the audience. Okay. So we have uh, Hal and Jorge uh, asking some kind of connected questions. So from Hal, he's saying, you know, regarding Zoom and Roku and, and companies like that. So, you know, what about the disruptive technologies that these companies present? So why not stay with them until that growth starts manifesting itself again? And, you know, piggybacking off of that, Jorge is saying, um, what if that stock still has excellent fundamentals? Then then what's what's one to do? But mm -hmm. it seems like the those technicals override the story and the fundamentals. Yeah, I think in a way you've, you've answered part of that question, Ali. Technicals uh, are what we use to sell or to make it that sell decision. And I think those are great questions. We appreciate, appreciate your input on that, uh, Jorge. And uh, I would say fundamentals is a squishy, vague term. It's ambiguous. Fundamentals, you know, sounds pretty uh, uh, important. But in the IBD lens, Good fundamentals means that a company is maintaining a above average year over year growth rate in earnings and sales. And Zoom's numbers are not showing that robust earnings and sales growth as it did back in 2020 in 20, and early 2021. When you've got triple digit or even quadruple digit sale, uh, sales and bottom line growth, Oftentimes, a stock um, will break out just as that trend is starting and then peak when the growth is still decent, but slowing down a lot. So earnings per share growth deceleration is actually a key sell signal to be looking for. William O'Neill, who founded Investors Business Daily, wrote in his book, How to Make Money in Stocks, one of his top 10 sell rules was to look for 60% deceleration in the earnings per share growth rate on a quarter to quarter basis. In other words, let's say your, your, your big winning, big winning stock 
has grown earnings 70%, 80%, 120%, 150%. And then the next quarter, it falls to 40%, from 150% to 40%. That's clear deceleration. Mm -hmm. 40% is excellent. Still, it meets our general criteria for quarterly growth and annual growth. However, it sets up the possibility that earnings growth will decelerate further. And by that point, the... Uh, the, the, the smartest institutions out there will have already locked in a lot of gains and uh, uh, the latecomers will be soaking up those shares. But by that point, the stock is already now starting a pronounced downtrend. So just because Zoom is a great company and Eric Yuan is an amazing visionary entrepreneurial billionaire doesn't mean that the stock is always a buy. Uh, if you bought at the top, in Zoom at 500, 588, you know, you're down a lot. And a lot of your your money, your hard-earned money is locked in, some, in something that is not producing gains like Devon or, or Chevron uh, or LNG, Sh Chenier Energy. Not only, if you're, if you're nursing a big loss in a stock, not only you, are you losing um, in terms of your capital, you're losing the opportunity to to invest in a better name today. So uh, fundamentals is important, but you don't use fundamentals uh, to make your sell decisions. Very well said there, Dave. Okay, let's kind of kick it up a notch so we can sure. answer a couple more before we wrap in a couple of minutes. So Jason is asking, how can he narrow down his watch list that may be 100 to 200 stocks long to refine it and you know keep that up every week? What would be some quick tips for that? That's a great question. Uh, I, I wish we could have 100 to 200 names to look at these days. It's, it's, been, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, and so uh, one would be we you, you look at that 100 stocks and determine, well, which ones are actually in leading industries and sectors? Uh, right now, software and semiconductors are doing a little bit better, but they're in the middle of the pack. Retail doing horribly, with the exception of, of a few names like Dollar Tree and Costco, because mm -hmm. with gas prices sky high, people want to save money, right? So that conceptually makes a lot of sense. But within your 100 to 200 names, you, you might want to cut away all those stocks that are in poor industry groups or poor sectors. So we have an industry group ranking among 197 industry groups that we slice and dice the market with. Look at those rankings there. Focus, like Ali said, focus on the top 25 or 50. Second is pick the... Uh, you know, I always like to tell people, you know, go for the oyster, not for the shell. All right. So if you've the got pearl, the pearl in the, the oyster, pearl. there, there you, go. you go, pearl, the pearl oyster, then the shell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, got to go for the, the pearl, if not the oyster, meaning if you've got 20 chip stocks in there, look at the top three or four. Also, you can decide, uh, Jason, if you are really good at small caps, focus on the small caps. If you're really good on the large caps, if large caps allow you to sleep better at night and you're more patient with them, you're happy with a 40% return in 12, 18 months, go with those. That's another way to slice and dice. I am very, very, very cognizant about the market value of all of my stocks. I don't wanna be all mega caps and I don't wanna be all stocks with 150 million in market value. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, several times throughout the webinar and just very recently, Dave, you mentioned mm -hmm. the sector rankings and industry group rankings. So that's the thing. We're, we're not just relying on hunches. We're relying on data to back up what we're seeing in the market. So using those rankings is very helpful. And if you go to the IBD data tables section of our website, uh, that's, that's where you can find that. And I can actually pull that up if, Dave, you give me a little time. So I, I'll throw you another question while I pull that up on the website yeah. so we yeah. can let's, uh, uh, let's look make sure at that people understand on the homepage of investors.com, we have a main navigation bar. On that man, they've main navi, navi bar, you've got market trend, you've got stock lists, you've got research, and you've got learn, and then the store, I think. Under stock list, you, you just click on stock list, you get another big drop down, uh, drop down menu, and then you'll see IBD data tables. And that's from there, <laughs> there's a lot to look at. But from there, you can see the... Uh, so let's, let's start from the beginning. Okay, so okay. I'm on the homepage. Okay, on the homepage. Let's go so to stock, go to stock list. list. There you go. Yeah, now uh, hover over. Yeah, there you go. Data on the tables. first column. Hit, yep. let's click on, let's click on data click tables on there. Yeah. Okay, now the very top, you look, oh my gosh, it's like, wow, I'm being bombarded by all yeah. these lists. Ooh, but <laughs> but I, I spent a lot of my time just on that first one right there, the uh, NYSE and NASDAQ tables, just simply click on it. And then you scroll down a little bit, you can see in terms of middle to long-term price performance, price-weighted relative performance, agriculture, energy, mining, and aerospace and metals are places and transport for sure, you know, uh, ship companies and railroad companies doing well. Let's just click on agriculture, please. So just click on the on the name there. Now you have a drop-down menu of all of the ag-related companies in alphabetical, mostly alphabetical order by name, but more importantly, looking at the composite rating, which combines fundamental strength with relative strength, with an added kicker, and that is how well does the company attract mutual fund sponsorship? Good mutual funds, winning mutual funds that tend to buy uh, the best stocks early. So you can see that right now uh, we have what? AGRO, that's one I've never heard of. Maybe we'll want to take a look at that. Uh, $11 a share, but got a 84 EPS rating and 94 relative strength and hence a very strong 97 composite. I like to look at those with a 95 composite or more. With IPOs, I look at 80 or higher because IPOs tend to have a younger history of earnings and often have great sales growth, but the sales growth doesn't go into the EPS rating, obviously. It goes into the SMR rating, which you see on the fourth column, sales, margins, return on equity. So you can see in this sector alone, there are many that have a 90-95 composite or better. Then from there, learn a little bit about the company, read an article on Barron's, Investors.com, WSJ, uh, Mark yeah. a lot, and then use that chart to pinpoint that right time to buy. Yeah, that's that leads me to uh, a good follow-up from Jeff saying, okay, if your watch list is always changing, how do you keep the best ones at the top? And that really just comes down to continuing to monitor the charts day by day. Is it becoming extended from a buy point? You know, we like looking at stocks that are within 10% of the 10-week line. That's one gauge yes. of whether or not a stock is extended. But also, if you're looking at that, those traditional buy points from the chart patterns that uh, you know, we were talking about, whether it's the flat base, which you talked about a little earlier, that you know buy zone that we like to look at is around 5% above a proper buy point. But really, as close you can get to a proper entry, uh, the better, especially in the current environment.
Absolutely. And, you know, another another tip I would like to offer is using that weekly chart, too, because the weekly chart kind of filters a little bit of the daily noise. Uh, we, we tend to see those stocks uh, find support at the 10 week line, uh, you know, maybe undercut it a little bit Monday, Tuesday, but then finish nicely, strongly above it Thursday, Friday. Uh, and, and that can help you with your timing. All right. Great. Well, you know, uh, everyone out there, we could go on and on. This is what <laughs> we, we love to do. We're, we're very passionate about it, but uh, we need to wrap it here. Dave, thank you so much for all of your words of wisdom. Thank it you. was great having this discussion with you, and we really appreciate all the thoughtful questions and comments from everyone out there. We do. So thanks, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> A lot of fun. Okay, so uh, coming up on Monday, Barron's Roundtable will have a supply chain and logistics discussion with executives from Axon Capital, Cowan, and Flexport to discuss the supply chain disruptions and bottlenecks. That sounds like an interesting discussion, so you can uh, look forward to that on Monday. We hope everyone has a very great weekend, and we'll see you coming up again for another special installment. Thanks, everyone. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.